0: Hi everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Hans Pearson, CEO of the Store Local Group. And I'm Mark Gregg, I'm the National Head of Revenue for Store Local. In light of recent events, we thought we'd get some experts from all around the globe to share their experiences and give us something to take away and apply it into our businesses over the coming days and weeks. We're really excited, so let's get into it. So hi, Renny, how are you going? Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to join us uh, on uh, on our self-storage discussion in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis. And I wanted to uh, firstly thank you so much for taking the time to join us, uh, but also give you, give you an opportunity uh, to, uh, your, your you're in uh, the UK, in London, it's, uh, it's nine o'clock in the morning over there. You're in the middle of a bit of a shutdown situation. I uh, guess okay, so I just would mind if you would mind in- introducing yourself uh, and just letting us know how you've been spending the last, last few days uh, of your week uh, and what you're managing on a day-to-day basis uh, in, your, in your capacity.
1: All right. So, yeah. So, I basically run the Self-Storage Association in the UK, but I also run the Federation of European Self-Storage Associations. So my time's basically split between the UK and, and Europe. Now, obviously, I'm not travelling between the UK and Europe at the moment. And like you said, the UK, while technically not on a lockdown, the UK closed basically all its retail stores, gyms, places of worship, you know, all that kind of stuff this week. And everybody's been pretty much encouraged to work from home, you know, if they possibly can. So yeah, so hence, here I am, <laughs> working from home and, and talking to you from home. And, and I've spent most of my week on webinars and Zoom links and, and all the rest of it with various people a, a, across Europe so yeah so i am dealing with self-storage operators um including italy Italy, which was probably the first place to go into lockdown um through sweden Ireland, all over europe um and each country is is in various stages of restrictions and mobility um and various stages in terms of their businesses and and where they're at so yeah my day is spent a lot on um on zoom meetings like this
0: (laughs) i think the whole world is on zoom aren't they so Rennie, you've got a pretty unique perspective, I'd have to say. Uh, you, you've obviously been quite a prominent player here in the Australian New Zealand market, uh, and you now now got a, a view right across Europe. Would you mind just sharing some of the experiences that you've seen, uh, how some of the um, how some of the trading trends have been, and and how and any any stories from the front line that you might be able to share with the audience?
1: Sure. Yeah. Look. Um the trading experiences have been quite, quite of interesting, you know, Italy being the first market in Europe that kind of went into lockdown was very much business as usual, right up to the lockdown point. Um, and even when they started doing the lockdown, you know, they kind of had an influx of, of move ins with people kind of, you know, potentially businesses shutting down or whatever else needing stuff, needing places with their stuff and, and all the rest of it. So even with the first week of lockdown in Italy, um, the, the businesses themselves actually had quite a good week um, and it was really only after the after that first week as we kind of went into the second week that the, the kind of move-ins and, and move-outs even kind of dropped off. We're fortunate enough that so far all across Europe self-storage businesses have been allowed to remain open even in the Lombardy region now which has probably got the strictest um, lockdown and, and Spain which is also really really locked down at the moment self-storage has been allowed to remain open because we basically campaigned to say that um, we provide storage to a whole lot of people and some of those people are essential workers some of those people are healthcare workers some of them are in the food supply chains so we need to make sure those customers have still got access to their goods so basically the procedures we've kind of put in are the fact that stores can remain open if they can be if they can be remotely operated because they're fully automated and and we do have a few of those in europe then they should do that if they do have to have staff in the store then basically it's one man one staff per store one, one staff member per store, but you close the reception or, or um, uh, office area and basically have the staff member in there. There's no need for customers to go in there unless they absolutely have to and, and we're at the point now where we really don't think anybody should have to be in there so basically removing the staff or separating the staff from the customers. So the staff staff member can manage the store customers can come in they can use their access codes and whatever. The staff member can still go through the cleaning regimes and you know do all the, the maintenance and all the rest of it, but we're separating the, the staff and the people. Um, and like I said, with the, the even in the UK, so the UK this week has gone into a, a semi-lockdown situation where they've basically closed all the retail stores and gyms and, and places like that and have asked people not to um, travel unless they have to. So they haven't actually locked it down as, as far as... Um, What we have found is that we've actually, again, even in the UK, we've had a bit of a run on move-ins this week because, you know, for instance, we've got a whole lot of Polish workers that are no longer working and they've put all their stuff into storage and then trying to drive back to Poland to their home countries and things like that. We did have a bit of a run on on move-outs. So I think probably most UK operators are slightly net down this week because I think people kind of prepared for this. They've seen what's happened in some of the other countries and some people were kind of moving out beforehand to get their, their goods out before it got locked down. But again, we've been communicating that even during the lockdown, you know, customers with essential goods can get their get their goods out um, and move forward. So, you know, I think coming, kind of going into the lockdown, it was very much business as usual. I think the first week or so of lockdown is a little bit frantic, um, and uh, and there's a fair bit of fair bit of activity. But after about a week of lockdown, it, it certainly seems to kind of quieten down, and it's just the, the essential services so much so forward that um they're they're accessing their goods. Of course, in terms of trading, the, um, it's, it's good in, in the respect that, okay, you're not going to have too many move-ins and you're not going to have too many move-outs, so you're going to retain your customers. But of course, we are now getting customers kind of contacting stores saying, well, I was due to move out today and I can't, so therefore I'm not going to pay my bill anymore. Because you know, I would have moved my goods out if I could, but I can't because, you know, because we're in a, in a lockdown or in a mobility restriction or something like that. And obviously, we're also getting other people saying, well, hey, look, I'm out of work now or my business is closed and, you know, and I I can't pay my bill. So, you know, we can see that when this crisis finishes, uh, we are going to get a fairly significant number of move outs and we are going to have a fairly significant number of customers that are unable to pay their bill. Um, now, in the case of, of Italy, for instance the, most the two major operators in Italy have already basically decided that people that were due to move out during the lockdown will get a fifty percent reduction in their in their storage fee after their alleged move out date, so to speak uh, and they 're kind of dealing with it that way. Um, obviously, every business is dealing with it in different ways some businesses are probably a little bit more um, cashed up and a bit more uh, liquid to be able to, to be a bit more flexible in terms of you know offering deals while others that might be on leasehold properties and things like that have, have obviously got other, other factors to consider but it is going to be definitely a challenging time coming out of this um, I always used to say when I was kind of talking about the self-storage industry that, you know, we never lose 10% of our customers all at once. It just never, ever happens. You know, there's always this kind of progression. And even in the last recessions, we can kind of see these things coming. And, you know, yes, we, we had some move outs and we had some net move outs, but it happened over a period of, kind of months and you can prepare for that. I do kind of think when we come out of this, if nothing else, you're going to have all the customers that were due to move out in the one month, two months, however long this goes on for, you know, kind of moving out um, and you are going to have a large number of customers that are you know, potentially unable to pay their bills. So that's going to be a real challenge for the industry um, at the end of this. So really what we're kind of advising our, our members is that they, they certainly probably shouldn't be putting prices up or anything like that, but they should still be invoicing their customers because they need to get a bit of a handle on those that, those that are paying and those that aren't and, um, and can prepare for that at the other side.
0: A fascinating time, uh, and 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 you know How on earth to, do we forecast this? How on earth do we plan for it? It's it's such a challenge. Um, the so the trading is is I agree. The Australian experience, and we're certainly finding it still local. It's been a really positive March, and uh, inquiries are good, move ins are up, trade debtors have actually come down. Uh, so it's it's been. It's been really encouraging, but we're, you know, we know that no one will be untouched by this, by this situation, uh, and it may be that, yeah, we do get a rush of move out. Um, so in anticipation of that, have you seen uh, any trend of marketing tactics? You mentioned some discounts for people that were due to move out but were unable to move out due to a lockdown. Are you seeing any, any, any particular marketing strategy pivot uh, from, from your members that you can share to, with the audience?
1: yeah i think a lot of them are starting to think about how they're going to manage this kind of exit strategy um and and i think many of them are considering kind of giving people say a month's free storage or something like that at when this kind of shuts down or sorry when the shutdown finishes to kind of encourage people to stay that little bit longer and you know get their head above water before potentially kind of pulling their stuff out but it's really it's just so early and it's gonna depend a lot on how long this goes on for, because that's the thing. If if it only goes on for four or eight weeks, then you know, it's probably not gonna be quite so bad and, and, and you know, operators are probably not gonna to have to kind of get too put up in in discounting and, and, and holiday extensions and all this kind of stuff. But if this thing goes for three months or, you know, even four months, as some people are kind of saying it might, then that's gonna be a very different picture. And the other thing is it's very different country to country as well, because the UK, for instance, has put out a very generous um, rescue package, which basically guarantees every employee 80% of their wage up to two and a half thousand pounds a week, sorry, a month. so, you know, that's pretty much given employers the, the comfort to say, well, okay, if I put my staff off, at least they're going to get 80% of their wage. And that, that 2500 a month is not the minimum wage. That's actually the median wage for the UK. So the government have put a very generous package out. And they're also talking about announcing something today in terms of self-employed because that's, that's been the kind of people that have fallen through the cracks. So... So the UK government is throwing an awful lot of money at this and doing an awful lot of supports to try and um, try and keep the economy stable on the other side, while you go to other markets which where, where the government don't kind of have that level of capital reserves and, and you know, a non-financial position and, you know, Spain, for example. Um, and there's a lot more concern there that the, on the other side of this, you know, this scenario, there's going to be an awful lot of businesses that are out of, out of business. There's going to be an awful lot of employees out of business mm. and... Government haven't got the, the, the deep pockets to be able to fund that kind of aid program that potentially France, Germany, and, and the UK can do. So, you know, we are going to see, um, you yeah, know, we're going to, there's certainly going to see some sort of recessionary environment. How, how deep it is, it, it remains to be seen. But, you know, we know, we know self storage is, we know self storage has an upside during recessions as well. We know that, you know, people that are downsizing will move in. We know that, you know, we get a surge in, in e businesses and things like that. Um, you know, the people that are using storage now, are, you know, have come in at this point in time and are still going to keep using it. So it's not all doom and gloom. And you'd certainly rather be in self-storage than a whole lot of other industries in hotels or retail or, or anything like that. So, you know, I think self-storage operators should consider themselves fortunate where they are, but they also should be planning to say, okay, you know, we need to factor in that the next, you know, six, seven, eight months are going to be quite tough. Um, and we need to be preparing for that. And again, particularly those properties that have got leaseholds and things like that, where they've got ongoing costs um, you know, or, or high debt to pretty well, in, in their mortgages and things like that, you know, they need to be pretty careful because the the cash flow is going to be it's going to be potentially okay during the lockdown. Although you're probably going to get some people that are going to start stop paying their bill during the lockdown, but it's certainly going to be interesting on the other side.
0: Absolutely. And we we'll talk about the other side. Uh, have you got any comment or, or, or what are you thinking about some changes that this sharp shock might create to our industry? Uh, every time a crisis like this has come along through history, there's been, been technological change, innovation that's been, it's been caused by it. Um, how do you see that applying to our industry? We're, we're already seeing a lot of 100% contactless move-ins. Um, people are more rapidly moving to auto-direct debit. Where they might have still been accepting cash in the past, I don't know. In some of our stores, we still have customers coming with checks and cash, and they just—that's just how they run their life. Uh, so, at the moment, in the middle of a crisis, we're going to be happy to accept cash and checks. But on the other side of it, um, you know, it these sort of technological changes. Must surely be accelerated as a result of uh, what we're going through at the moment. It, it, any, any comment or, or views on that?
1: Yeah, it's 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 really interesting because at the the European conference we had in London in October last year, there was a, one of the big themes of that was the whole automation debate about whether you know you should go fully automated and you know and we have we do have fully automated stores in in in, in Europe. Uh, particularly in the Scandic countries, where you know they don't have staff on site, everything's done online, they've got Bluetooth access or, or, or QR codes or proxy card access or whatever they've got, and the whole system is done online. Some people are using the kind of kiosks, some people are using video links to, to, head, off, to head offices where you walk into the store and you get a big video screen and talk to the people there. And that debate was, you know, was quite vigorous during the during October when life was good. <laughs> but now, you know, we are certainly seeing the people that were kind of going down that path have just ramped up incredibly so that they can run their stores remotely during this period. Um, other people that are in development stages are now kind of pulling their plans back and looking at them going, oh, okay, can we put automation into this? You know, certainly the... the the, the direct debits and, and all this kind of online payment systems, you know, are, are crucial at a time like this because, you know, your customers aren't coming in to pay. So, you know, if you're in a lockdown situation, your customers normally come in and pay in the store, then how are those customers going to pay? And are they going to legitimate gripe for not paying? Um, well, if you've got almost all your customers on a direct debit setup or a contactless or a a recurring card payment or something like that, then, you know, that money is still coming into your, to your bank account. So, you know, that's a much better place to be. So I have no doubt that on the other side of this, we are going to see a stronger push towards automation. We're going to see a stronger push towards, you know, cashless payments, automated payments, you know, that kind of thing. And I think we're going to see, you know, more push towards kind of uh, automated systems in terms of payment systems as well. So that, you know, so customers pay online and, and, and they, it comes out of their account or the card you know, regularly. I think it'll also probably look at the role the staff play within the store as well, um, because that's the other thing we're kind of seeing over here is the fact that automation, particularly if you've got multiple stores, automation allows you to potentially kind of have more focused stuff. So you've got a sales team and you've got an accounts management team. That team might only be one or two people, but rather than having one store manager who kind of sells the product, chases the debt, cleans the unit out, you know, does all of it. We're now kind of seeing staff groups that are kind of saying, okay, well, we've got our sales team, we've got our accounts management team, we've got our maintenance team, you know, and people get to do more specialized roles you know, and potentially do those things better than having a kind of all-rounder that has to, has to do a little bit of everything. So I, I think the industry will definitely change out of this, but is it going to change massively? Probably not. It's still a fairly simple industry. It's still real estate based. You know, these things will continue. And I and I do genuinely believe there will still be a strong demand for self storage on the other side of this. It's just going to be a different demand. And the, the challenge is going to be that short term when this situation kind of resolves itself. Um, that, 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 the next, the three or six or so months probably after that are gonna be the toughest, but then we'll, we'll settle down to a, a new normal of some sort.
0: Um, are there any other, one of the questions I wanted to ask was just around for operators, because our audience are operators who are large groups, medium and some small groups, and clearly our sector is still quite disaggregated. So have you got any comments that you'd provide to, uh, to smaller operators uh, or really any operators to say, well, where should they be prioritising and focusing their time right now on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah, well, if you're, not, if you're not in a lockdown situation at the moment, then what you should definitely be doing is preparing for that. So you should be looking at, you know, how much of your system can you, re- can you manage remotely? At the very least, you need to have a full list of your customers that you can access outside the store, whether that be on cloud or, or backed up to your, your home or wherever it is, because these things happen quickly. The mistake the Italians made was they told everywhere they were gonna to go to a lockdown two days before they did, and then everybody just started moving around and it was a complete disaster. So, you know, what we've learned is that when the government make these decisions, they tend to make them at five o'clock at night to be enacted at midnight, you know, so, so you were possibly gonna go home from your business get some announcement and then not be able to go back or have some restrictions about going back. You know, So you need to make sure, number one, you've got a plan. Are you gonna close or are you gonna stay open? If you are gonna stay open, how are you gonna manage your store? How much of it can you do remotely? You need to brief your staff in advance so they know when the government come out and say, hey, you've got to close all your businesses, that self-storage is probably not going to be affected by that. And yes, they still have to go to work and, you know, and have the system for that. So if you've normally got two staff in your store, basically brief your staff in advance to say, okay, if we go into a lockdown, and unless I tell you otherwise, this is the procedure and this person will come in and, this, you know, and be completely prepared for that because it will happen quickly. Yeah, and make sure, like I said, make sure you can manage as much of your storage as you can remotely. And if you do close your store, also think about the fact that you still have customs goods in there and you have to keep that secure. So at the very least, you need to make sure that the signage on the outside of your store that has emergency contacts, so if somebody wants to get in, they've got a number to call you to try and work out how they can manage that. Um, but also, how are you maintaining security? Can you still see your CCTV cameras remotely? You know, if you can't, how do you know that some customer hasn't turned up one day, which has happened in Europe? A customer turned up to a store that was shut and made panic, couldn't get their stuff out, so drove their car through the side gate, busted the gate open, got their stuff out, and then left again. You know, because you've got to understand, people, wow. aren't, people aren't always acting rationally in these situations. Yeah, you know, there's, a, there's an awful lot of... So, you know, so you need to make sure if your store's closed that you're still going out there regularly or you've still got a way in means of, of of checking the integrity of your store and the security of your store because you certainly don't want to be turning up, you know, three weeks later to find, again, the gate's been open, the door's been open and potentially stuff's been taken out. So even if you're closing, there are procedures you're going to have to put in place to make sure that you'll, your store stays safe and secure. Um, and like I said before, you just got to start managing your debtors as well. If you've already got bad debtors now, you should be kind of nailing them down and working them out and potentially getting them out of the store now rather than later. Um, and like I said, I would recommend you keep invoicing during the period, uh, if nothing else, to get a bit of a handle on who's paying and, and who's not to, to, to prepare you on the other side. Great advice.
0: Great advice. And it's it's fascinating to see, you know, we're such a small global community these days, there really are distinct sequences of lockdown that are going on uh, and we can learn lessons from everyone. Um, uh, New Zealand uh, is in lockdown as of tonight, uh, local time, or right now, your time. And, uh, And, yeah, it's been a massive change for the operators in New Zealand, just seeking to remain as essential service. Uh, they had some partial, uh, partial victory with that. Um, but and different operators are taking a different approach as to whether to stay open or whether to close it completely or something in between. So uh, it's fresh, it's new, and we'll see how it, uh, how it plays out there because the New Zealand government have gone straight to the almost the most extreme of, of the lockdown
1: measures straight away. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like I said, each country in Europe has handled it differently as well. Sweden, for example, are basically have got no restrictions whatsoever. You know, the Swedish government have, have gone the herd, herd immunity approach. They've said, well, everybody around us has closed their borders, so we're not getting many people come in anyway. And um, and they believe, they're putting confidence in their health system and, and believe that they can kind of get their way through it and think that it's better to, to kind of get through it quickly than potentially flatten the curve and go on forever and and, the, and and suffer the economic impact for that and also the mental health issues because that's the there's a lot of debate going on over here at the moment about, you know, lockdowns and how effective they are and, and what the long term impact for people are, particularly in terms of mental health and, and the economy, obviously. So, you know, it's a tough decision for governments to, to to handle. And our experience over here is that most countries have not kind of done what New Zealand's done. They've, they've progressively phased these things in. So you talk about lockdown, but it's a very generic term. And, and there's not many places in Europe that I would say are in full lockdown, with the exceptions probably you know, places, some places in Spain and in Italy. Most of them have got mobility restrictions, but there's exceptions for these businesses and exceptions for transport, and exceptions for this, and, and all the rest of it. And they tend to be more focused around large groups of people. So they, they say that you can't go out for, with more than five people or can't go out with more than two people. And let's be fair, it's not hard to self-segregate within a self-storage facility. You know, we don't have large groups of people. You know, it's, it's a very yeah, easy yeah. business to manage people two metres apart. So, yeah, you need to kind of focus on that side of it if you want to stay open. Yeah,
0: awesome. Well, Randy, I won't keep you. I'm sure you've got a very, very busy day there, uh, days and nights, I've got no doubt. Uh, and I just want to, again, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It's It's been greatly valuable. Uh, your experiences there are uh, uh, really insightful so thank you uh if it's okay with you we might check in and again in two or three or four weeks time and just see how it's progressed this is all new for everyone and we'll just um continue to share the experiences and and do what we can for all members to really uh, benefit as uh, as much as possible so uh thank you very much for your time uh, is there anything else that you wanted to you wanted to say to
1: oh, no no i think it's good that we share these things i think it's good that we learn from the countries that have kind of uh, been through it first as much as we possibly can and um yeah like i said i just say to all you guys out there that haven't that are possibly not quite as far down the virus curve as we are over here that yeah just just prepare for it as much as you can because you know the preparation is going to make a lot easier for you when the when it all happens
0: awesome rennie thanks so much I really appreciate it's great to great to meet you over the over the zoom and uh have a wonderful day